Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Straight up with no chaser. You're in the sports bar with Danger and Bataglia on the sports leader. 95.7 FM and AM 950 The Fan. Rochester. All right, we're back in the sports bar. Danger and Bataglia. Amherst season, unfortunately, came to an end. Friday night at Blue Cross Arena in front of just over 7,700 fans. Lance Lysowski. I th- Lance, I didn't run into you, but I'm, I'm sure you were there covering the team. You've been doing a great job covering them all postseason long. Thank you for joining us this afternoon. Um, this felt like a, an instance where the Amherst did all they could, that there were you know, certainly moments in the series where there were defensive lapses, but really Hershey, as a team that hasn't lost a game this postseason on the road, is the superior team in this series, weren't they? Yeah, but the margin was pretty thin, though, really. I mean, you look at the way that that last game went Friday night, and Rochester was a better team. They had the better quality scoring chances. You could argue it was their best game of the series. Um, Subban played really well. They defended really well. It's just the margin for error. When you're playing a team that's defending like that and their goalie's hot, it's very thin. And in the end, just a really difficult matchup. I think if you ran into a different team there, Rochester would have prevailed. But uh, I'd be surprised if Hershey wasn't the Calder Cup champ at the end of all this. Yeah, Lance, I go back to game four. I mean, the third period meltdown, is that uh, kind of the defining, uh, if you had to say, all right, pick, give us one thing why uh, the Amherst let this slip away. I mean, you cannot lose a game while you're up by two uh, halfway through the third. Yeah, right, and that's a sign of a younger team. Um, definitely some moments where they looked, you know, they looked young, but that group was also playing – they had some injuries, you know. Ethan Prowl clearly was was playing through something pretty significant. You could tell just by the way he was skating. Um, but hey, you know, it, it was a, a heck of a run. You know, they took it to six, which is really a testament to uh, the entire group, the way they were able to respond after you know the way the games two and three in particular went. And hey, it just goes to show you. Um, and hey, it was great to see the crowd in, in game six and. Uh, especially on short notice, to be able to sell as many tickets as the Amherst did and bring that many people out. It was, yeah, it was just one of those runs you're going to remember for for quite a while, I would think. So, Lance, the, the buzz before that game six, oh, look at Matty Savoy's back on the ice. Matty Savoy's skating in, during warm-ups and didn't eventually play in game six. But I did want to get your thoughts on what you saw out of Savoy, the two games that we did see him. There was a moment, I want to say it was in game was it in game three, I want to say, where he yeah. just looked a little tentative going after the puck and there was a miscommunication with a teammate. And it was an insignificant play. It didn't lead to a, a you know a turnover or anything, but it, it just looked like, all right, he's just a step off. There's just a little bit of chemistry missing. Do you think ultimately they did right by by having him in those two games? Could they have done more with Matty Savoy? Did Matty Savoy give them a better chance to win? Was that a mistake in holding him out of those last two games? 
Yeah, I, I don't think it was a mistake. I think if they didn't play him, people would be saying it was a mistake. So either way, I, I don't think that you can win with the series going the way it did and Savoy enduring the struggles that he did. Listen, I don't blame Seth Appert, uh, his coaching staff, and even the Sabres at all for putting Savoy in. Look back at game one. It was quite clear that speed was the difference for Rochester in that game. And you thought, if they're going to win this series, it's not going to be by being the heavier team or forechecking. It's going to be by speed. That that was the difference. That was going to be the separator. So they leaned into it. Savoy showed up. He had a really, really good practice that I think really inspired some confidence from the coaching staff. So when it came time after game one, they thought, or after game two, they thought, hey, let's, let's get him in there and see how he does. And you're absolutely right. Um, it is very, very challenging. Not only, you know, I know he played playoff hockey in the Western Hockey League, a long run with Win- the Winnipeg Ice, but it's a lot different when you're in the American League and you're you're facing an opponent like Hershey that's big, physical, defends the way that they do. I think if Savoy comes in against the Marlies or even Syracuse, he's able to have a much easier transition. But at that stage of the playoffs, that opponent, it's a tough one. You know what? I And he was not even close to being the reason why they lost those two games. Right. But it's going to be an invaluable development opportunity going into the summer for that kid to know, wow, like that's pro hockey. And this is what I need to do this summer. This is what I can take from that. This is what I can use to get ready for next season, no matter where I play. Um, so I know it's disappointing, especially, you know, when you're looking at a, a series where the margins are that thing, you're looking at areas where maybe you could have done something different, but I don't I don't think that that was, you know, a cause for for them losing that series by any means. Lance Isowski, Buffalo News, our guest, before we talk to you about development camp in September and what the rosters may look like in Buffalo and Rochester, certainly. Uh, how was Hershey able to adjust? Because you brought up game one, and we were like, wow, wow, look at the speed of this Amherst team. Oh, we're going to the Calder Cup final, and, and then all of a sudden the, the Hershey shows up. Uh, what were they just flat-footed for game one there, Lance? What adjustment did they make? Yeah, I, I think well, you look at the way that their playoff started. It was pretty easy. Um, they didn't. They weren't really challenged. Uh, they had, didn't give up fewer, you know, any more than two goals in any of their games. Sort of just rolled over over everybody, and here comes Rochester into Hershey's barn and just completely thoroughly outplayed them. I think it was a wake-up call. They tightened it up, particularly in the neutral zone, started turning pucks over, started getting heavier on the forecheck, really putting pressure on the, the Amherst's youngest guys. And they did a really nice job, I think, tightening up and, and sort of limiting the looks of some some of those players. And, yeah, and it's, it's just the margins. And Hunter, Hunter Shepard was just brilliant in a lot of those games. I think that the series is completely different if – Hershey would even gotten average goaltending in any, in any of its wins, but Shepard was really good in the two games that, that the Bears lost. He wasn't. That was the difference. Lance, last year at this time, we were talking about the, the contributions from Paterka and Quinn in the postseason, and Quinn certainly struggled last year in the postseason for the Amherst, yet both he and Paterka were valuable contributors to the Sabres here uh, this last season. With that being said, how optimistic should Sabres fans be being what they saw out of Kulik and Rosé, not just from the regular season, but also their performance in the postseason? Very much so. I think Yuri Kulik proved that he's ready. he's ready for the next step. I think he's ready for the NHL. Physically, he's definitely ready. Defensively, the way that he was able to step in and play center and, and not be a liability, it wasn't perfect by any means, but 
that is a very tough responsibility for a young player. And I thought he aced at a lot of those nights when it comes to Roseanne, I get like, I am thoroughly impressed by the steps that he's taken over the past seven months. Now a piece of it is getting stronger, of course, but you look at the playoffs, he was one of their best defensive forwards. They really gave that Malone line a lot of defensive responsibility and time. And again, Roseanne found himself in, in the right, the right spots that, uh, intercept passes he was stripping pucks he was making plays in the neutral zone didn't show up on the score sheet but man like i think that kid answered a lot of questions about his game because there's no no doubt when he showed up in rochester he looked a, a bit overwhelmed but hey that's what you would expect he didn't play a whole lot of hockey last year and the reason why the sabers brought him over to rochester and brought his development here was because they wanted all the factors in their control. They could control his ice time. They can control when he plays, even when he does it, right? You can give a guy a night off or this or that or or take him out of a practice, and you have all the factors in your hand. And, you know, to his credit, the credit of the coaching and development staffs, wow. Like, I, he's a guy that I don't think he's going to be in the NHL next year because of the physicality part of it, but I, he's going to be an NHL player. There's no doubt in my mind. Well, now, now it gets fun here. Uh, you know, from where, where we kind of send you, like, you're actually going to have – some camp battles here, um, and, and if Kulik goes up, I mean, somebody would have to go out and lose ice time. I mean, who of the guys up in Buffalo that are under contract currently would you keep an eye on that uh, maybe they're going to have to really show something come September? Yeah, well, I think Victor Olofsson is going to be traded this summer. Last year of his deal, we all know he was out of the lineup in the most important games of the season, and although he thinks that he was, he played well enough to be in the lineup, I'd I mean, I know I don't agree. I know a lot of people didn't, including the coaching staff. So when you're looking at how to create spots, because there aren't many, there's not many ways. Like, they've, they've got very limited options with Matt Savoy next year. What are they going to do with him? The defenseman they have under contract, that's a challenge. Right now they got three goalies. you got to create a spot. And by do, it's just it's easy with Olsen. Plus, his role in the power play could easily be handed off not only to Kalik, but I see Jack Quinn and J.J. Paterka having a much bigger impact in the power play in year two when – they have a better idea on how, how PKs are going to be defending and how little time you truly have. In the American League of Times, there's some passive penalty kills. Those don't exist in the NHL. you got to be aggressive. And I think that the Sabres are at the spot now. they got enough options where they could afford to part ways with all of them. Lance, what about the staff and personnel within the organization? And do we expect any changes here this summer? We've heard Jason Carmonis's name uh, attached to some openings uh, in the at the NHL level. And we've also, you know, I, I have to imagine that that the job that Seth Appert has done the two years that he's been here, two years, three years, three years now, right? Three, yeah, yeah, that, yeah that he's three, he's yeah. certainly turned some heads uh, given what he's been able to do with this Emmerich's team and, and and how he's been able to develop some of this youth. Not expecting any changes. Hey, you never know. Um, I think that not only will Seth Hapert get calls, but I think Michael Pekka will get calls as well. Mm. I think that, you know, anytime an organization has success, people want to come and talk to your people. You know, that's Carranos, that's Sam Ventura, that's going to be Seth Appert. I think if Seth Appert wants to be an NHL assistant coach, that's going to be an option for him, whether it be this summer or next or whenever. But Again, like I think his best option, I would think he agrees with me, is to continue to be the head coach in Rochester where you're developing young players. There is going to be a steady stream of high-end prospects going to Rochester that he gets to work with, that he gets to get his hands on. And when they have those breakout seasons, they, they contribute in the playoffs, that makes you look awfully good. Whereas as an assistant coach, you have limited role, you defer a lot, sometimes you're very specialized in what you do. You know, A lot of guys... 
They just want to be head coaches. I see Seth Appert, that being the route that he takes. Inevitably, he's going to put himself in that spot to get a head coaching job. I thought Anaheim was a team that I was very curious if Anaheim would contact him for an interview after, you know, during their search. But they hired Greg Cronin today, and, you know, Seth Appert, his time will come. But, no, I don't expect any changes throughout the organization. Oh, yeah, look in the history of the AHL, how many guys that – and, by the way, there have been guys that have won Calder Cups here, Mike Keenan, John Tortorella, guys that have, uh, you know, found NHL head coaches' uh, positions elsewhere and actually done pretty well for themselves. Lance Isowski of Buffalo News uh, joining us. Lance, I know we've talked about this before, but it is going to be kind of a topic here – for the Sabres here, and every time you get a rumor coming up, oh my gosh, this veteran goalie might be on the block here, and you and Harrington kind of addressed it uh, over the weekend here. Your thoughts here on should the Sabres actually go after a veteran goalie and shake this up a little bit, because you have Levi, you have Comrie, but do you really want to swing for the fences here? Well, it depends on on who your, your your list of candidates are for, okay, what's considered a swing for the fences. For me, my list it's only one person long and it's Connor Hellebuck. Mm-hmm. I think that and, and Kevin Adams has shown since he took over as general manager, he makes a call. If he sees an area that he wants to address on his roster, he makes the phone call, no matter how talented the player was. He did it with Jacob Chikrin last season. He did it with Timo Meyer. He's done it with a lot of players the last few years where he's checked on the price. I absolutely expect him if he, to give a call to Kevin Chevaldeoff in Winnipeg to get a sense of what the ask is for Connor Hellebuck. It's one year remaining on the contract. That's the, the catch. But if the, if the price to acquire the goalie isn't too high and it's one year, why not? Why wouldn't you do that? I see fans sort of pushing back on that notion because it's a rental. They don't want to give up too much. But you're picking 13th overall in what's considered one of the deepest drafts in recent memory. If you can keep Savoy, Kulik, and your first-round pick and get Connor Hellebuck to play with Devin Levi for a year, why wouldn't you do that? You need two goalies in the NHL nowadays. You're not going to survive with just one. So, yes, I would absolutely do it. Do I think it's going to happen? No. Um, We've just seen throughout Kevin Adams' time as general manager, he's not willing to pay the ask. But sometimes, hey, if the ask is lower than expected, and oftentimes it is for a goalie, yeah. Uh, Lance Lysowski, the Buffalo News, joining us here in the sports bar, Danger and Bataglia. Lance, uh, w- since the last time we spoke with you, the Sabres did make a move. They they brought back Kyle Pozo. The captain will be back next season. What does that mean for, for the team and how they, they kind of build it here this offseason? What does it mean for Zemgis Gergensen's moving forward? Expected that Kyle Ocposo would be back. He, uh, I mean, he means so much to, to the organization off the ice, but he's also he's fit into his role nicely. I know the people look at the production, even acknowledge it in his Zoom call with reporters after signing the one-year deal, is that he wants to contribute more offensively, but he was really good in his role. They were one of the top defensive lines in the NHL last season. And, hey, if you're <laughs> – when your team scoring as many goals as you do, you need somebody to do that job. He did it very well. When it comes to Gergensen's, I, I do think they are going to make him an offer of what, with one year. I think it's going to be a one-year offer, but on the open market, he's going to get more than that. And you know what? They do have Jordan Greenway who can step into his role. Luke, Lukas Rusek is somebody who's taking that next step in his development who might be ready. I think Linus Weisbach is somebody who should, who's going to play well enough in training camp that he's going to earn consideration. It's a tough loss from a leadership perspective, especially, you know, and on the ice when you 
your penalty kill is an area that you need to improve. Um, not an easy loss. I just don't know if it makes sense from uh, any sort of contractual perspective to bring him back with everything they've got in the pipeline coming up. Lance, uh, last one for me as uh, it's kind of an odd NHL Cup final, right, where you have Jack against Sam and Montour here. Um, and, and last week uh, or the week before, we had uh, Kevin Adams on the show, and we had to ask him the question, right? Like, all right, or, or, tell us about you know, your thoughts. Would you have, do anything differently? And like, no, actually, it wasn't good. His, his answer was along the lines, Lance, it wasn't going to work out in Buffalo because of the timeline of how things kind of line up with a career. I, I find that acceptable. From where you sit, could Kevin Adams have done anything else? Because one of these two guys uh, hoisting the cup is going to be, uh, well, kind of a bitter pill for Sabres fans to swallow here. Yeah, when it comes to Brandon Montour, they completely tanked his value because of the way that Ralph Kruger used him. That's not Kevin Adams' fault. That's the coach. But at that point, they could not, again, like with what they had coming, what they expected to, to be able to do or lack thereof the following season on the ice, Montour wasn't going to resign. They had to trade him when they could. Um, why would he come back when you misused him for the last couple of years? Yeah, not Adam's fault, but it is what it is. And Reinhardt, they needed to change that entire core. Um, we heard, you know what, as much as it's easy to say that those guys did everything they could to try to win, I don't think it's any coincidence that, I mean, look at all the comments we've heard, listen to all the comments we've heard from people like Ocposo and Gergensen the last couple of years. That the chemistry, the environment, everything in behind the scenes was just wrong with the Sabres for a couple of years. They trade two pretty significant pieces of that, and look how everything changed. I, that's not a coincidence, you know. And maybe that's you're putting two young players into a leadership or a prominent role too soon in their careers when they're too immature, or whatever it may be. It was time for everybody to change. And to Kevin Adams' credit, he aced two, well, at least as of now, aced two very challenging trades that. You know, even veteran GMs have trouble pulling off, right? So, hey, all the credit to him, and we'll see how the Stanley Cup final pans out. Lance, uh, we know there's no off season for you. What do you have planned here? What is there anything that we could check out? Will there be a maintenance day pod with you and Joe oh, at some point? Yeah. What's going on? Of course, a new episode of Maintenance Day is available on Spotify and Apple, so those are ready to go. Joe and I recorded today, and of course, the combine is this week. The draft is coming up. It'll be a ton. So. Everybody can subscribe to the Buffalo News. I know there's a deal. It's you know, one o'clock, one dollar for a month or whatever. So su- support is always appreciated on all fronts. Yeah, we're, we're not used to talking like this intently in hockey, like in the month of June, Lance. I feel like, oh my gosh, yes, draft, free agent, everything coming up. Here, I right? think we, I think we all need to get used to it because I think it's not going to be the last time we have to deal with our, we have to cover a run like that, both in Rochester and Buffalo. So we'll see. Fingers crossed, Lance. Enjoy the rest of your week. Appreciate you taking some time for us this afternoon. There he is, Lance Lysowski, the Buffalo News, joining us here in the sports bar with Danger and Potato. I think we had a little bit of a bad connection there with Lance. Uh, appreciate him making some time for us here as the Amherst season comes to a close last Friday night with the the one nothing loss to the Hershey Bears. I, I go back to his original statement like, the margin wasn't that big for the Amherst. That's the part. And you brought up the five-on-three power play and... I go back to game four, so all right. That like this team isn't going to be a hundred percent new. 
Like Mersh will be back next year. I would ticket Savoy here. You want him to start here? There's going to be talent in this Amherst team next year. Can't wait. Uh, if you missed that conversation or came in midway through, we'll have it for you up and on demand. Wherever you get your podcasts, just search out the Sports Bar. That includes the free-to-download Odyssey app, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, and more. Or with Rewind inside the Odyssey app, you can go back and listen to any part of the show that you may have missed for the next 72 hours. Next. It's I'll drink to that. Some takes on tap. So for any Amrick fan that would say the decision to play Savoy cost you games three and four, I'm going to say no. And I will explain why. And I will lay it out for you. And by the end of my argument, you will agree with me. Also, hmm. <laughs> the Buffalo Bills, did they lie to you, the Bills fan? What? Are you are you suggesting? <laughs> Not suggesting. I'm telling you. They Are you suggesting lie. a business would be dishonest with their customers? Yeah, it's yeah. It kind of rubs me the wrong way. Yeah, you know, I saw. A, I have a non-sports take. I saw a video cross my news feed last night, and it's a disturbing video. If you live in Rochester, and if you saw it, you know what I'm talking about. But what was more disturbing to me was a a little detail in the video that I think gets lost in the mix because you're really focused in on what's happening. I'll explain. And if you saw this video, I I think you'll probably know exactly where I'm going (laughs) with it. Well, when I saw you respond to this, I'm like, what's he talk? Oh, my God. You're kidding me. It's... uh, I, I want... I really, really try. I really try to have pride in our city, in Rochester. Embarrassing! But when I see things like this, I'm like, I can't. I don't know what to say. I don't know how to react other than to be embarrassed. It's just wrong. And also, on the way, I I had poker on Friday night in the neighborhood. One of the one of the guys, one of the neighborhood guys. I, you've heard me talk about my neighborhood. Well, which guy are we talking about? Well, Rob the Takesman, you know, was laughing at me. He's like, "Let me tell you something. You suck at picking Whoa. games. Throw it at me. Like wow. you suck at picking games. Like." My bankroll says otherwise, but I, if you're paying attention and you're following along and, and you know you notice that I might lose more of my picks than I win, I'm just going to remind you I'm picking the number more than I'm picking the team. I'm betting a number more than I'm betting team. So when I win, there's more value behind the pick than if I'm just haphazardly picking games. So while your record may be at or a little below 500 in terms of your overall picks. And your cash is better. Your cash yeah. flow yeah. is better. And that's kind of the whole point of me giving you a six-pack every day at this time here in the sports bar. My favorite plays, my favorite value plays, tonight's action in the Stanley Cup final and also Major League Baseball. You can fade, you can follow, you can point and laugh like Rob the Takesman did. Because you're in the uh, danger zone! We'll get to that and more takes on the way next. It's time for I'll Drink to That in the sports bar. Danger and Pataglia, the fan Rochester. Odyssey has sports for every fan. Keep up with your favorite teams from across the country and get the inside scoop from experts. A U-D-A-C-Y. Odyssey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. 
We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.